I'm just curious. How long you how long you plan to keep me for? As long as we can get you whatever you need. How, what's the uh, most it, we can get? Fifteen minutes. Fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final Alrighty, folks, we are beyond thrilled because today on the fullback dive, we are bringing the GOAT himself, the most connected man in the NFL, Mr. Adam Schefter. Uh, and the reason we were able to orchestrate this is our good buddy, Dan Heggs, uh, he helps, runs the Twitter on our site, just a great help on the site, but he actually had met Adam Schefter uh, quite a few years back, Dan, he's actually with me right now. He's going to be part of the interview, too. Why don't you give us, our listeners a quick rundown of how did this happen? Yeah, so uh, me and a couple of my buddies were at training camp for the Patriots in 2010. And we had tickets or passes or whatever to go to the uh, Mass General tent section of the uh, training camp. And we were kind of just, uh, when we got there, we sat down and looked to our right. And Adam was just sitting there on his phone obviously being being the most connected man that he is and uh we just kind of uh started up a conversation he was uh he was asking me a, a bunch of questions about why we were there and uh etc cetera, etc cetera. and uh he ended up including me in his patriots postcard on ESPN that day he told me I was tougher than Vince Wilfork and Stephen Neal um I was and why why was that well yeah cuz I was I was Going through treatment for leukemia at the time, so that was why. But mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, Vince Wilfork's a little tougher than me. But hey, no one's he, tougher than this big cat right here. <laughs> so no, he's a great guy. He met Schefter at camp. Obviously, as you mentioned, a great article, and they've stayed in contact. Yep. Throw to hail mary, mm-hmm. and here he is today. Yep. It's we got a great interview too. We just actually finished recording. We're still kind of both glowing over here. Talking about Melvin Gordon, no, not a ton of news there. But beyond that, we got some great stuff on the air raid. What his expectations are for that? You know, Todd Gurley, what's going on? An awesome nugget on Daryl Henderson. Um, he also talked about Brady's contract situation. Jay Ajayi, is anybody emerging? Uh, he ran him through a, a no huddle kind of fantasy to, to get his thing. Plus, what, what's the deal with his sleeping habits? Does he ever sleep? So all that stuff. Tons of great information. Uh, and does he make moves before he breaks news? You got all this type of inside stuff here. Uh, probably the best interview we'll, we'll ever have with Adam Schefter. Yeah, Unbelievable. Seriously. But thanks again, Adam, for coming on. And we hope you guys really enjoy this. Uh, Adam, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Sure, no problem. Um, you want right. to jump right in? All right, we'll jump right in then. So, um, And we are beyond thrilled here to welcome on the most connected man in the NFL, the absolute GOAT himself, Mr. Adam Schefter. How you doing, Adam? Gentlemen, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's, a, it's our pleasure, man. Uh, all right, so we got a first topic here, hot topic, is uh, Melvin Gordon. Obviously a big fantasy megastar. Um He's holding out of camp right now, hoping for a new deal with the Chargers. Uh, do you think this is going to be a Le'Veon 2.0 situation, or how, what do you think is going to come from that? No, I don't think it'll be Le'Veon 2.0. That got very personal, got extreme. 
you don't often see that. Now, could it happen? Of course. But, again, he's going to make $5.6 million this year. He's under contract. Le'Veon was under contract. So there's no fines involved. None of that. It was a second franchise tag. I, I don't know how this ends, and I don't know when it ends, but if, if he were to sit out the entire season, that would surprise me. Okay. All right. Great. Um, when when would you expect him to report then? Do you think it will be pre-camp? Is there a certain week that makes sense contractually? Is there any type of estimate you could offer? Well, they start practice today, mm-hmm. and he won't be on the field. He's not expecting on the field. So these there's no way to predict when a contract holdout is going to end. I mean, these things are so fluid; they change on a day-to-day basis all the time that you just never know. He had said that. If he didn't have a new contract, he wouldn't be at the start of camp. He's not. He said he would demand a trade, which I would imagine he will. And I think the Chargers will try to resign him here in the coming days and weeks. If they can't get a deal worked out, you have to think, would they then consider exploring the idea of a trade for Melvin Gordon? So, again, there's a lot to come. So there's no way that you could figure out a day that it's going to end, whether that's going to be another two days, two weeks, two months. Just no way. I just I don't see this going into the season like Le'Veon Bell uh, because it's an entirely different set of circumstances. Have any uh, any teams expressed interest in trading for him, or is that kind of just up in the well, air? It, it, it's the kind of thing where he's under contract, the whole that's just happening, so it's not like you're going to hear that, but I'm sure there are teams that are aware that this guy could be out there. And so, again, just very only the process, so we'll see how it plays out. All right. Absolutely, and if he's moved... Uh, or doesn't show up, how would you expect the Chargers' backfield to kind of play out here with Eckler and Justin Jackson? Again, we're getting ahead of ourselves because, you know, Melvin Gordon could be back, but if they basically move on from Melvin Gordon or he doesn't come in, you know, I think Austin Eckler's role won't change all that much. I think that he's a guy that is very effective in certain spots, third downs, key passing situations. He's not built, I don't believe, to be an every-down back. Justin Jackson, I would think, would step more into the Melvin Gordon role, mm-hmm. and Austin Eckler would continue to be Austin Eckler. But again, we're very early here. Absolutely. Uh, and another fantasy monster who's kind of coming with more risk now in 2019 is Todd Gurley. He's the you know first RB to repeat in 15 years as the back-to-back top fantasy scorer as a running back. But his shaky knees have him falling off and even in the second round right now. Do you have any type of updates on his health? Is the team expecting something different from Gurley? What are your thoughts on him this year? I think they're being smart with him. I think that they're trying to preserve him and make sure that he's built to last for the full season, which he didn't do last year. I know people are wondering about Todd Gurley's knees and whether he'll hold up okay. I think that the public is more concerned about him than the Rams are, to be quite frank. And talking to the organization, they have not sounded overly alarmed or concerned about him. Now, again, is it a real issue? Yeah. I mean, he's got some arthritis, tendonitis, whatever it may be with the knees, and they're aware of it. That's why they're taking steps in what they believe is a positive direction to manage it and make sure that he can play the full year. Absolutely. And what do you make of them taking Daryl Henderson here? Do you think that's a sign that they might reduce his workload? What do you think the the team's expecting from the rookie here? I make of that that Sean McVay loved Daryl Henderson, thought he was the as good an offensive player as there was in this draft. He was there in the third round, and they took him. Like that, that's how the draft works. If you love a player and he's there at a spot, uh, you're drafting for value, you're drafting guys you love. He fit all those qualifications, and I don't think that they went out and went into this draft thinking, well, we got to find a running back in, 
in case Todd Gurley can't go. This is a guy that they identified as a real talent, and they and they were fortunate enough to get him. I gotta believe in Sean McVay, that that genius, and how he evaluates talent. So that's great to hear. Um, the, the other offense we're really intrigued by in that same division year is the, the Arizona Air Raid coming in. And we're, we're really excited yeah. with Kingsbury, Kyler Murray. Uh, we're even labeling Murray the, the next Mahomes of fantasy for this year, that kind of late-round QB that explodes. Have you heard anything about how that's developing? What are your expectations here? I, everybody's waiting to see how good they are or aren't, how effective they're going to be or not. Um, I think there's high expectations. They're going to run a highly fast-paced offense with a lot of plays, a lot of opportunities for yards and for productivity. From a fancy standpoint, uh, it should be fascinating to watch. And I remember when Chip Kelly came to the league, took the league by storm initially with Philadelphia. It won't surprise me if Cliff Kingsbury has similar success, but again, hasn't done it yet. So, so we don't know, and Kyler Murray hasn't done it yet. So uh, while there is great hype and expectations, but we still don't know how that's going to play out. And I think that's one of the central storylines of the upcoming season. Absolutely. Are there any particular weapons that you're hearing they're more excited about in this offense or anyone you're thinking could really, if everything pans out, would be the guy you'd love to have in fantasy? Well, Larry Fitzgerald is Mr. Reliable, and Christian Cook is the guy that's now going into his second year that you would think would make a step in his second year. They went out and drafted, I think it was three or four wide receivers. I, I, you guys probably are interested in Andy Isabella, and mm-hmm. I just think that they like all these guys. Which one's going to emerge this year? I really have no idea. I mean, everybody's waiting to see how the offense evolves, who steps up, who develops, who emerges. I think it's just too early to say that right now. They don't even know that. And by the way, you've had organizations over time. You know, like I said, just to put it, they don't know. Sometimes I've had people say to me certain things like, "There, there was a quarterback in Denver uh, back in 1995 who pulled me aside in the third week of training camp and said, this team's in trouble.'" And I said, "Why is that?" He said, we don't have a stallion in the backfield. I said, you don't have a stallion in the backfield? Nope, nobody that can run the football, nobody that can take the pressure off John Elway. And that was the that was a quarterback, a quarterback on that team. And lo and behold, all that happened that year was Terrell Davis emerged and essentially became an MVP in the NFL and helped the Broncos win two Super Bowls. So the guy was practicing with them for almost a month. And the team... Some of the guys on the team didn't know how good the guy was. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's an example of you asking me to identify which of these Cardinals wide receivers are going to emerge when I would venture to tell you that they might not even know yeah. which Cardinals wide receivers are going to yeah. emerge. And speaking of Stallions, though, David Johnson there, you think there's any chance of him kind of getting back to that almost 1K rushing, 1K receiving in this offense? You know, yeah. Yeah, I like David Johnson this year. Look, again, you're just going with the frequency of the plays that they're going to run. They want to run a lot of plays. Now, they're going to have to get first downs to keep the clocks and chains moving. Uh, but you have confidence that they are. If Kyle Murray is what you guys think he is and Cliff Kingsbury is what you guys think he is, then there's no reason um, that they can have a highly productive season with David Johnson being great. Excellent. All right, awesome. Uh, yeah, so next up we want to talk about our Lord and Savior, Tom Brady. Um, he obviously doesn't have a new contract in place, which is kind of unlike him. Uh, so we kind of just want to know, do you think a deal gets done before the season, and what's the hold up there, and anything you can tell us about that? Uh, you know, to me, uh, I don't think there's any mystery. Tom, it's not like Tom Brady's leaving, and he gets to play as long as he wants. 
Uh, frankly, I'm a little surprised it's not done right now. I would have thought that they would have given him some extension. Um, but it's not like he needs to go pay the rent. So uh, I think that Tom Brady could afford to go operate on his own time schedule with whatever is important to him. Uh, like I said, surprise is not done, but what, what does it matter? I mean, going to the last year, do you, do you think he's leaving there? No. <laughs> the only question is how much longer he wants to play. So uh, does, he, does he need the money? No. Is he leaving? No. So I know it's, 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 it's an interesting topic, um, but I don't know how much relevance there is. I love yeah. to hear that. As long as our Lord and Savior stays in New England, we're happy there. And the yeah. the last news item we wanted to touch upon with you was you tweeted about Jay Ajayi yesterday that he's been medically cleared and is ready to sign. Is there any potential suitors emerging yet? Do you, where could you see him landing? Well, again, it just depends on what team suffer a running back injury, who feels like they need death going to camp. Um, trying to think here running back needy teams that I would say I mean going into camp I, I don't think there's one obvious place that you look at and say well this team needs a running back yeah we, we love Tampa Bay, maybe. That's that's where we identify as like the neediest, but you're right. There's nothing too crazy, but Tampa Bay, you know, Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones, nothing proven there. That, that's what yeah, we were yeah. hoping for, but who knows? Roger, but again, I think that you know, teams have set their 90-man roster and they want to go take a look at these guys in camp, and then mm. I think after a few days, a week or so, maybe say, you know what, these guys in the backfield aren't as good as we said, let's go do J.H.I.U. call. Absolutely. Well, we want to, if you, you can give us a couple more minutes here, we want to run you through a, a fantasy rapid fire where it's just kind of right off the gut, one word, two word answers for the names. Um, just give us your rapid reaction with the question. Are you good with that, Adam? Sure. Absolutely. So first question just is, who would you take at number one overall? I, I would take Saquon Barkley. All right. Second question. Uh, how about wide receivers? Who's the first wideout you take in 2019? I have to ignore DeAndre Hopkins with his production. There are a lot of great wide receivers, but Hopkins would be my number one. Absolutely. And when you look at tight end, it's kind of Kelsey, Ertz, and Kittle, and nothing else clear. Could you see anybody else kind of emerging and breaking out at the tight end position this year? Well, yeah, I, I there's a lot of good tight ends. I mean, O.J. Howard, I think, is fantastic. Hunter Henry, I think, is fantastic. Uh, Vance McDonald should have a very big year in Pittsburgh. Chris Herndon, the Jets tight end, I think he's got a bright future, even though he's suspended for four games. Um, Absolutely fantastic. What, what about other positions? Are there any other? The last question for you is: uh, fantasy breakouts at any other positions? Who's a guy that you could see exploding this year that hasn't quite arrived yet? Well, um, I mean that—that's one of the great questions of fantasy every year, right? Yeah. And a lot of it is injury-driven. So Justin Jackson would be a guy that I would like to have on my roster right now uh, based off the Melvin Gordon injury situation. I think James Winston will be better than people think this yeah. year. Uh, I think that um, Devin Singletary in Buffalo is an interesting candidate where you got some veteran backs, and um, this is a guy that I think has got a bright future. Uh, he would be another guy that would be on my horizon. Uh, you've already heard Bruce, Hopkins, uh, Bruce Arians talk about Curtis uh, Chris Godwin, mm -hmm. uh, the Buccaneers wide receiver, like him a lot. Um, Fantastic list. No, absolutely. Um, and the last last three here is who wins the Super Bowl in 2019? <laughs> uh, 
is. And, and it's hard to pick against them, but but if you're going to pick against them, Kansas City is a logical thought. Mm. Okay. And uh, so we noticed the past couple of days the uh, the 3 a.m. scoops. Uh, do you ever sleep? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. I, do sleep, I sleep in bursts. I, I don't. I, I don't sleep six, seven uninterrupted hours. I sleep two hours here, three hours there, two hours here, three hours there. Um, just kind of the way that I do. I, I just don't sleep real well. Um, <laughs> gotcha. A lot on my mind. And uh, so I'm up at one. I'm up at three. I'm up at five. You know, I post at three and then go back to sleep for an hour and a half and be up at five. So like that's what happened today. <laughs> the football news never sleeps. Absolutely. And the last one we have is fantasy specific. Have you ever made a fantasy move based on the exclusive news that you had as an insider before you actually broke that news? <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, of course. Uh, you, you try to get that done all the time. Um, I remember when I was at my kitchen table and I got a text that the... Um, the, the Browns were trading Trent Richardson to the Colts. So okay. I took the news, I filed at the ESPN, I put it on Twitter, big trade, and I ran to the wire to go pick up, I think it was Willis McGahee uh, in Cleveland, and, and Matthew Berry had gotten up like 30 seconds before me. <laughs> that's a tough one. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's a part of the process. You know, you, you have a news story, automatically, oh, I, I better go pick up this guy. You know, so, uh, and then people do that for fun too, like, you know, a couple of years ago, Chris Mortensen picked up Tim Tebow in our ESPN 16-team league, and people were like, what, what does he know? What does he know? <laughs> and he was just doing it for fun, you know, to, to mess around with people. <laughs> so, yeah, you're, you're aware of fancy ramifications. Perks of the job. Uh, all right, Adam, well, we thank you very much for uh, for joining us today. And uh, one last thing, we uh, we saw in your interview with Brewski the other day that you haven't, uh, you haven't actually won a league in your ESPN Fantasy League in however many years it's been. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a 16-team league that's about seven or eight years old. And uh, last year, yeah, I had the best regular season record. I was like, I, I was 12 and one or 13 and one, 12 and one, and uh, had a dominant team and got mowed down in the second round of the playoffs. Uh, hey, when that happens, that's the worst. It seems to always happen every year. You get the first round by, and then <sighs> week four, 15 no. hits. Well, if, if you need any help trying to get that title this year, Adam, we'd be more than happy to help you, but we can't thank you enough for the time you gave us today, your generosity here. It's, it's been amazing. So thank you so much for joining the podcast. Guys, have a great football season. Thanks for having me, and uh, thanks very much. Absolutely. All right. Thanks again. Thanks, Adam. Take care, guys. You too. Bye. And thank you once again, Adam Schefter, joining the Fantasy Full Bag Dive. It was fantastic. Really appreciate your time. And Dan, thanks for helping set that up. If this is your first time listening. I hope you enjoyed. If you want some more of this type of material, we got tons of it. You can visit ffbdpod.com for all our different episodes, our show notes. we got tons of great ones coming out right now on the biggest bargains and the biggest overprices entering training camp. we got the risers and the fallers of the offseason. Everything you need to know to kind of launch your 2019 preparation. It's all sitting there waiting for you ffbdpod.com and rotostreetjournal.com the site for all that analysis and if you want our big off-season bible just make sure you visit rotostreetjournal.com slash off-season you can get our biggest guide we've ever made uh, check that out it's fantastic thanks again for tuning in if you liked what you heard please subscribe please review fantastic you can find me personally at rotostreetwolf answer any questions you have thanks again for tuning in till next time out we used to have it all.
football right there, folks. 